Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In book one of his On the Ends, Cicero has Torquatus present the Epicurean position and argue for it. Part of that is going to be the nature and the value of the virtues. And so each of the cardinal virtues, wisdom, justice, temperance, and courage is going to be considered. Wisdom is particularly central and the Epicurean position on wisdom, as indeed with the other virtues, is that it's not something that is valuable in its own right. It is valuable precisely in that it conduces to living a life that includes as much pleasure as possible, and that includes as little pain as possible. So wisdom helps us out to live the good life, but wisdom is not itself, you could say, a component of the good life. Although the Epicureans are, you know, a little bit back and forth on this, because if you if you look at what their good life consists in, a lot of it includes doing the activities that fit under wisdom. But the basic position, as opposed to many other virtue theories is that virtues, especially wisdom, are valuable in light of pleasure and pain. If there wasn't any pleasure and pain to be endured or enjoyed, then we wouldn't actually need wisdom. Wisdom is not valuable in itself. It doesn't have any inherent goodness. So why would the Epicureans say that? Well, Torquatus begins by saying that wisdom helps us to deal with the central problem in life. And what is that? He says it is ignorance of good and evil. Says the great disturbing factor in human life is ignorance of these mistaken ideas about these frequently rob us of our greatest pleasures. You know, what would he mean by that? Well, sometimes we think of pleasures as being shameful, as not being the sort of things that we ought to indulge in or human beings ought to indulge in at all. And so we rob ourselves of them or we listen to, you know, people's disparaging of them. And we also get ourselves into a lot of trouble for pursuing the wrong kinds of them. If we think that some things are more pleasurable than they really are, perhaps because our culture is telling us that, they're constantly being portrayed to us as deeply pleasurable, then we might ignore things that are actually a greater pleasure. Some prime examples of this, you know, if you grow up within a society that stresses having as many sexual partners as possible as being the sign of living the good life, right? Then you might actually miss out on the greater pleasures that are involved with some sort of monogamous intimacy. Or if you, you know, watch beer commercials, for example, you'd get the idea that, you know, every time that a game is on, you should be drinking and eating as much as possible and, and you know, jumping around with your companions on your couch. And it might actually be more pleasurable just to have a beer and read a good book. So, you know, we get mistaken ideas and wisdom helps us to straighten things out that way. And he also stresses another part Mistaken ideas about good and evil also torment us with the most cruel pain of mind. People 
are afraid of all sorts of things that aren't really necessary for them to fear. Some of this falls under courage as well, as we'll talk about elsewhere. But being able to understand what truly is good and what truly is evil helps us to make better decisions, helps us to prioritize, helps us to carry out means and reasoning. So you could say rationality for us human beings is dependent upon wisdom. He also talks about wisdom taking away fears, and the word that he uses there is actually things that we are afraid of, and he says terror, you know, great fears, and appetites, cupiditas. You know, it's not as if we shouldn't have any fear whatsoever from the Epicurean point of view, but many of the things that we fear, we unnecessarily fear, and so that's not helpful for us. Likewise, many of the things that we have appetite or desire for are not going to be particularly conducive to us either. I mean, think about the plethora of foodstuffs that we can enjoy, at least in the first world, because we have entire industries catering to it. You could, you know, sit in your uh, place and eat ice cream all day long. That would be pleasurable, but it sure as hell wouldn't be good for you you in the long run. So another thing wisdom helps take away are errors and prejudices, ideas that we've gotten from our experience, from other people, from the culture that turn out to be wrong. And then now more on the positive side, wisdom is a guide to attaining pleasures. We can actually cultivate this as a virtue, according to the Epicureans, and we will be better and better at selecting the options in front of us that lead us to a real pleasant life overall and to pursuing the right kinds of pleasures. Another thing that Torquatus talks about, and this is absolutely central to the Epicurean philosophy, is the classification of desires. So the, the Epicurus, this goes all the way back to him, classified desires into three classes. There are desires that are natural and necessary. There are desires that are natural but not necessary. There are desires that are neither natural nor necessary. And an example of this, you have to eat food that's natural and necessary. Eating a nice steak, natural. We certainly have food receptors in our mouth that conduce to, to enjoying that experience. Even vegans could enjoy a good steak, although they might have you know ethical problems on the side. Being served on gold plate, neither natural nor necessary, right? And a good pizza could also be something that is natural, but not necessary. You don't have to have a pizza. You could have something else that would also be good. Now, the real problem for Epicureans comes in where we're dealing with the sort of desires and sort of pleasures that are neither natural nor necessary. And those are what the Epicureans call empty or vain desires. Kanos is the Greek for that. Those are the ones that cannot truly be satisfied. So as he says here, the desires are incapable of satisfaction. What he means there is the desires that are neither natural nor necessary. And this leads to conflict. They ruin not individuals, but whole families. They often shake the foundations of the state. It is they that are the source of hatred, quarreling, strife, of sedition, and war. Nor do they only flaunt themselves abroad or turn their blind onslaughts solely against others. Even when prisoned within the heart, they quarrel and fall out among themselves. And this cannot but render the whole of life embittered. So if, if our life centers around desires that are not natural and not necessary to us, we are actually 
actually going to wind up being sort of a battleground of conflicting desires. And wisdom would tell us, hey, we've got a nice classification here. Indulge these desires. Don't indulge these desires. Strip these away. Avoidance of desires for pleasures that are neither natural or necessary thus becomes part of the Epicurean virtue of wisdom. Another thing that he says wisdom can help us do that's quite important is deal with fortune's injuries. And he uses the word inuria there. And it helps to lead us to tranquility. The, the Epicureans in Greek express this as ataraxia, not being troubled. Cicero uses the word tranquilitas in Latin, which is what we can translate as peacefulness or contentment or tranquility. So wisdom as a virtue, as something cultivated within oneself, is going to be valuable from the Epicurean perspective for all of these reasons that we've talked about, because it's going to make us, to use a synonym of, of wisdom, it's going to make us more prudent in deciding which pleasures to select and to pursue and enjoy, and which to set aside, which desires to say no to, and also which pains need to be endured, at least for the moment, in order to lead to greater pleasures later on, and which pains we can avoid, and which we can even see to be generated by ourselves in the ways that we think about things. So by that sort of reasoning, wisdom would become the most important of the virtues for an Epicurean, but it's not valuable in its own right. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.